0: Hi, Doctor Sears. I'm not sure what to do about my
1: daughter. Hey, Doctor Sears. When I opened my baby's diaper, what came out? Really? really Hi, Doctor
0: Sears. My kids refuse to eat fruits and vegetables. What do I do? I've more
2: terrible foods the last couple of days.
3: Can I get your advice, Doctor Sears?
1: Welcome into the Doctor Sears Family Podcast. I am your host, Doctor Jim Sears, along with. My sister, certified health coach, Hayden Sears. How you doing, Hayden?
0: Good. Hi, everyone.
1: Hey, all right. And across the room there, our little brother, Matt, Soundman Matt. Hey, How Matt. you doing? Hello. Good morning to you. It's morning, but to those <laughs> listening, it may not be morning, maybe middle of the night. So good day. Yes. Good day to <laughs> good everybody. Day. Good day to you, sir.
0: <laughs> good day to you, sir. I said good day. <gasps> we should totally Never do a whole you. episode <laughs> in a different accent. That'd be oh. fun. You know, that, that, that reminds
1: me. <laughs> Well before that reminds me of my uh, my wife is actually watching Downton Abbey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch that? Yes. Uh, this I looks like a season and a half. Oh of that. I didn't realize it so good. it was so old. It's like five years yeah, ago or something. Yeah. Anyways, so she watches it. Um pretty much as I'm kind of doing my later evening emails and work, she'll just kind of uh-huh. crash early and watch it and but then I'll come to bed and, and it's interesting, but I'm watching about every third episode. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's funny, she's like, don't you dare ask me to explain stuff, Yeah, right? And I'm like, but every once in a while. (laughs) So I'm following about half of the Uh storylines, and kind of funny, but... uh, um. I'll eventually. Every once in a while I'll have to pause, hit pause. I'm like, okay, please, just. I, I know that's the guy. That's is that the same guy? I won't ask <laughs> her to like just bring me up to speed, but I'll go. Is that the same guy that did, you know mm-hmm. uh did this or that? Tried to set fire to this or whatever? And because some of the people look similar. They to me. Do. There, it's there's, true. A, there's one sir. Serv- the servant.
0: And the servants are dressed the same.
1: Right. So <laughs> yeah. I know. The serv- it's yeah, true. And, and So, anyways, there's the the one. Um, Whatever what do you call the the not the people that aren't the servants the people the, that live there the, butler? the, aristoc- the, the er, i don't the know Aristocracy. The the, the the people family the family, the family. you know the, one of them got pregnant, but then uh-huh. I always thought thinks she's one of the servants, and it's confusing and anyways, okay, yeah. so so uh, I said good day <laughs> um, so we are here to celebrate the many joyful moments of parenting and help you through those that aren't quite so joyful. Uh, do find us on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Sears Family Podcast, and on the web com slash podcast. If you're listening, that means you probably like the show. And so please share it. Tell your friends how great it is. And give us a rating. We lo- it's it's pretty cool having seen the rating, number of ratings go up and um you know good rating, bad rating doesn't matter as long as you know ratings. Well
0: it it's, kinda matters. Well yeah, you know, I guess okay. yeah. If it you does really matter. hate the show. Don't rate it. You know, at don't all. rate just, it. Just,
1: <laughs> just maybe message us, saying how much you hate it, and, <laughs> and, uh, and then we'll read it later during comments with Hayden. So, um, so later, uh, later in the show, we have Katherine Lee, which was a great Ugh. guest uh, before joining us again. Yes, and we're that's so pretty lucky. cool. So mm-hmm. that's awesome, and uh, we got some a good, co- at least one good comment about her. Um, I just. Later on, we're also going to – we'll tease. We're going to okay. talk about um, – it's my brother's birth – one of our other brother's 50th birthday. What? So we're going to yes. try to call him uh, right. out of the blue and see what he's doing. Um, we're going to talk about parking lot safety for parents and, and kids. And it's interesting. I w- there's some stats in this article about just how many bad, uh, oh, bad I know. things know in that. a parking That's... lot. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we got to talk about that. Definitely that's, that's talk about deal. parking
1: lot safety. There's some good ideas mm-hmm. uh, that I had not re- thought of when I was uh, when my kids were younger. Um, and then uh, and then we're going to get back with Catherine and start plugging away at those 33 things that we need to stop doing to our kids right now. I, I apologize to all the kids out there that are being ruined and th- if their know. parents are continuing to do these 33 things, but uh, hopefully we'll eventually get uh, get through them. Yes, and, we will, and save. All of, <laughs> All of childhood. All of childhood forever. So, so, so I um I actually I don't know if you well I'm kind of dressed you can't really see me but I'm kind of peeling because I just got back from Oahu. Yeah, you should play some Hawaiian music under, <laughs> okay. in the background of this.
0: <laughs> He'll add that in post, post but, production
1: uh, or the the or the uh, the theme to Hawaii vibe or something. <laughs> I'm but, so jealous. Yeah, it was cool. It, it, <laughs> our daughter, our, thir- our eighth grade, took the, the class trip to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and they did Boston and New York and stuff. And uh, so the wife and I said, well, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go the other direction. So smart. Somewhere warmer. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we, we probably should not have told Callie that's what we were doing. Because <laughs> we, where
0: she was was yeah, so she,
1: cold. And, so how was your trip to to with the class? It was terrible. No, oh, horrible. No. I think horrible was the the word she used because she said it was it was cold and I knew you guys were in Hawaii the whole time. Oh. And um and all we did was walk around and stand there while some guy talked about some statue. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I mean like, well is it better than going to class? No. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Although she did enjoy uh, the musical, Wicked. They saw Wicked in New York. And it was funny. I don't know if I... Go ahead.
0: No, um... So one of my family members is in it playing right. Glenda, starring on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So Callie got to see her. Oh, and fun. yeah, Lisa Livesey starring as Glenda on Broadway. Everybody should go see it. Um, yeah. So oh, she got to it's see a Lisa. Really, it's
1: a great – I've seen it a handful of times. Oh, I it's can't a remember fantastic how I've seen show. it on Broadway. I've seen it when it was the traveling show. Mm-hmm. And um, on one of the – was it Wicked? No, I'm thinking of Les Mis. I, one of my friends was a cast member for Les Mis, took oh, me fun. backstage and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, so before the trip. Uh, I was trying to get her psyched up because she wasn't excited to yeah. go. And uh, well, what about you know? What are you most looking forward to? And nothing. <sighs> well, what about uh, your Broadway show? What are you going to see? Wicked. Well, that's awesome. No, I hate it. Oh my wait, god. Wait, you've seen it? No, but I hate Dorothy <laughs> and the Tin Man. I hate all that stuff. I'm like, you know, They're Dorothy's only in it not for like not even half a second. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually told her it's she's Shut not it. in it. You will not see Dorothy. <laughs> And, um, and and of course now uh, she's playing the soundtrack yes, to Wicked fantastic. all up and down the house on her phone and stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, going to Washington DC eighth grade trip it's it's a milestone. It's just, I no. remember I remember oh, my trip me very too. vividly, I yeah, but I yeah. do remember it being very cold and walking mm-hmm. around a lot and listening to some guy speak but I I loved it I thought (laughs) it was fantastic I remember
1: seeing the treasury and looking at all that money Uh, filed by and just going can 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 I just just, have one just just that one stack (laughs) and uh, I remember thinking what if I just I could grab the stack and run for it
3: (laughs) how far would you get
1: (laughs) (laughs) right now my 8th grade trip we actually lived in South Carolina so you guys had to fly right mm -hmm. from out here but we just took a train I think it was an overnight train ride up there Mm we hit DC in the morning and a now it's. Fun. I should really check. I don't know how I would check this, but it, I don't. I do not remember staying in a hotel. Hmm. So I. To me, I'm thinking we just did a whole day, uh-huh. and then came back that <laughs> night. Oh, oh, man. Um, just Stone. one one huh. you know long eighteen hour day in Washington D C and yeah. just crashed out uh, on the way home. But anyways, yeah, I do. So I don't remember the whole thing. Obviously. <laughs> but that was a
0: long time ago, Jim. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. You're very old.
1: <laughs> That's how they did it back in the day. <laughs> what? We eh? didn't have planes back then. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, at least we didn't have to take the uh, the trail. True. The trail ride. So one of the things I I did over on Oahu. It was a very just casual trip not a, we didn't go on hikes and these drives and stuff we just sat on the beach and Good. just did nothing i have a surfboard over there so i did some surfing and some i uh, and a paddleboard so i did that and um went on on a couple of friends boats and stuff but other than that i was just literally sitting on the beach in a chair and reading,
3: Good. and just
1: just vegging, and uh, a book I read. Um, I don't know if you followed the story. It was called Bad Blood. It was the story of Elizabeth Holmes and the Theranos scandal. Hmm. Um, this was not a not the Taylor Swift song. No, no, <laughs> yeah, Bad <laughs> Blood. No, this is was a young lady entrepreneur who dropped out of Stanford. Um, so she was college age mm-hmm. and started a company, and uh, her idea was to create technology that would. Do a bunch of laboratories, uh, lab lab tests with just a finger prick uh, Mm. sample. You know, you hate everybody hates going to the lab to get that needle, and it's just so annoying. And um, and so, which is I'm very interested in because as a pediatrician, I like to check labs on kids, Mm -hmm. uh, even if they're well. I like to check vitamin D levels and other things, iron levels, and things like that. Um, But. But I'm very limited on what could be done in a finger prick, mm-hmm. and to try to convince a mom to take her two-year-old into the yeah. into the scary lab Oof. to draw blood—forget it, it just doesn't happen. That's So, true. so I, I was really kind of back, even back when this happened. This this story was from ten a good ten years ago. I thought, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be so cool. And well, this company kind of built up, and it was it was flawed. They te- they could not get the technology to work. And it just billions and oh. were poured in you know this company was worth i think nine or ten billion billion dollars at one point, and she owned half of it. Oh like, wow, gosh. that's amazing um but then they they just couldn't get the technology work, uh. and they actually had to start faking stuff oh, to, no. to keep their investors happy and lying to people and it and and it just slowly imploded oh. and and it just did not turn out good at all hmm. uh, but it was a really good read. So. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> Anyways, um, speaking of scandals, uh, um, you guys trying to get your kids into college?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not yet, but but I have a sophomore, and so we've been talking about that, and... In fact, her dad and I and her are planning to sit down and create a life plan for the next three, four years to mm-hmm. kind of see what that transition into driving is going to be like, because she's going to start driving, and then college, and where she wants to live. So oh, man. I'm actually kind of excited. Oh, yeah, well,
1: that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, the driving. We'll get back yeah. to the college okay. in a second. Um, our our 13-year-old is excited about mm-hmm. driving someday, and we keep, we've laid out, okay, these are some of the things you need to be able to do. Yeah, One parameters. of them is navigate, mm-hmm. um, which means not being on your phone in a car, and she she isn't able to accomplish that very well. Uh, so <laughs> she's actually moving further away no, no. from the privilege of driving uh, <laughs> than, than she was a few months ago. But okay, so this college thing, crazy. Uh, I'm sure everybody's heard about it, but essentially uh, a lot of rich people were paying, paying a, a guy who's local, a mm-hmm. local guy in Newport Beach, just down the street from where I used to live, um he had kind of one of those college uh, uh a coach a, a, you mm-hmm. know, he was kind of one of those coaching services that help your kids get into college. We used one mm-hmm. when my when my uh daughter was first looking at colleges. It kind of helps you look around and and she would lay out uh, you know plans for studying for the SAT and all that kind of stuff and make sure she got all her uh applications in and all that. But um but he he was going the the taking the extra step and uh. taking bribes and bribing uh, college officials and SAT, t- uh, proctors to essentially cheat these kids way into school. Have you wow. heard it, you look surprised. Not. You have not heard about no, I haven't any heard about it. No. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, some parents were paying, uh, as little as a few thousand dollars, but some parents were paying hundreds of thousands, even millions of wow. dollars to get their kid into Yale or USC, mm-hmm. um, Stanford, things like that. And, um, even creating, making it look like this, this, Student was an, uh, a star athlete, so that the school would could accept them with lower grades, um, oh, wow. when in fact they they weren't very good at soccer or uh-huh. water polo at all you know wow so it's that's just, it's a huge people are going to jail about this and and we're you know it, it, that
0: must it, be so defeating to people who really work hard oh and they're diligent yeah, yeah, since yeah. mm-hmm. forever i mean that's right. that's really hard yeah
1: and uh and it's funny my son my my daughter's through she went to ole miss uh, mm-hmm. and uh um is done with it but my son being in junior college city mm-hmm. college right now uh i'm glad that i'm off the hook on that one. <laughs> yeah. People were going, I oh, wonder if Dr. Jim did that with him. <laughs> no,
3: nope. No, I
1: nope, did not. didn't. I did not pay anything extra to get my son into Saddleback <laughs> City God. College. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's getting great grades there. It's kind of yeah, nice, because yeah. he, he's still kind of not sure exactly what he, what he wants to do, so it's nice that he's not sitting there and wasting tens of thousands uh, exactly. of dollars I'm, every year.
0: I kind of am a, a big believer in that. Um, Depending on your situation, but if you don't mm-hmm. know for sure what you're going to do when you're 17, 16, and applying for colleges, I think it's a great idea. That's probably what my daughter's going to do.
1: Right. You know, it's kind of a... It's, you know, I, I launched off, mm-hmm. just went off to college. And, Same here. And uh, I probably wasn't ready. and I mm-hmm. My, I my <laughs> first semester grades were horrendous because I was just having fun with all my friends. I wasn't yeah. partying or drinking or anything. It was a Christian college, but we were just having fun. Yeah. Playing football and Frisbee and mm-hmm. just running around at night and... Uh, doing, you know, uh, we call them, call them commando games. We try <laughs> to sneak <laughs> across campus without being seen <laughs> and that kind of stuff, and jumping on, going across buildings and roofs and through bushes. You know, and what's all that so stuff. funny,
0: Jim? I was, I was in elementary school when you were in college, and I remember you and Bob coming home because you guys went to the same college, mm-hmm. kind of at the same time, and hearing about commando raids and like Viola <laughs> yeah. Bob, something like Viola yeah, yeah. Bob. Anyway. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was the school mascot. I was the school mascot. I remember hearing about all
0: these things, and it made me so excited to go to college. I can't wait. This is gonna be so fun. Oh my gosh, they don't—they're out of the house. They get to live somewhere else. They get to Mm -hmm. eat all these cafeteria food, and yeah, Yeah. it made me excited. That's
3: why Hayden was excited to get out of the Sears house, (laughs) eating nutritious, to go eat cafeteria food.
0: I could eat whatever I wanted.
3: (laughs) It's
1: interesting though. I remember the cafeteria food. It was good, Uh but. Almost every evening after dinner, I would come back to the dorm and just feel bloated yeah. and flushed. I remember this this my cheeks would feel warm
3: mm-hmm. and my
1: ears would feel warm probably because some of the MSG, was, yeah probably. right I just was not it was not agreeing with me
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, at all but um, so college yeah do not
0: uh, yeah so hopefully m- that's out in the open and things will be more on the up yeah. and up now oh,
1: man yeah I, I feel bad for some of the kids. Because I, I probably think some of them. them. Did, some of them probably didn't know yeah. that this was going on. Oh, that would be really hard. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we know. I read some of the stories. I I, I read uh, one young lady did not know at all because wow. uh, the the emails between the mom and this this admissions coach uh, were saying like, how are we going to hide this from little Susie and and you know she's gonna she's gonna know what's going on. She's gonna catch on. She's smart, you know. And and so imagine being like. You know, a sophomore at USC right now and Uh in the sorority and just suddenly, you know, going, seeing your name in the paper going. And
0: everybody else seeing it. Oh, my gosh. Your
1: student, your friends. Oh, my
0: goodness. Wow, That's hard. Yeah.
1: Well, my son loves Saddleback College, so come (laughs) on down here. uh, Anyway, so speaking of by old Bob, let's talk to my brother, Bob, who's turning 50 (laughs) today. So we're
0: going to call him. He doesn't even know we're calling him. I don't
1: know if he's in the office or. Let's see if he picks up. <clears throat> I bet he's sleeping in. I hope so. Our... Ring! The oh, we're gonna get a, should, should, we, should we leave a voicemail? I don't know. We should try does, calling. It, him he doesn't later. like if it leaves the number. If it says this is oh yeah nine four nine, mute it.
0: Everybody has Doctor Sears' cell phone number now. <laughs> does he? Does uh,
1: does he think you're calling him? Yeah, this is your phone?
3: it'll show up as my phone. Hey, you've reached my cell phone. Please
1: be back to you. Let's just leave a message. Okay. If you okay. yeah.
2: text, uh, go ahead and leave a voicemail.
1: Okay. I do, At waiting? the tone. Please record your message. Do, when you finish song. recording, <laughs>
0: okay. you may hang up or press one for we'll more options. Yeah. This is your
1: birthday song. It isn't very long. Hey. Happy birthday, Bob.
0: Happy birthday, Bob. You are on air, on our podcast, yes, live. Well, live. your voicemail well,
1: is, yeah, yeah. So. so happy yeah. birthday, we, brother. I bet you're just still sleeping, because you're old now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what you Matt, have to you may do. need to turn up the volume. Bob, oh, yeah. Happy <laughs> birthday, Bob. Happy
0: birthday, Bob. Oh, speak slower.
1: Ha- ha- I said happy birthday.
0: <laughs>
1: what? Welcome to 50.
0: Aw. Man, that's old. That's so old.
1: All right, well. All right. Well, happy birthday! Right. Happy birthday! <laughs> Hope you have a good day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough well, of that. <laughs> That's probably enough for, of the chatter. Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. move on with comments with Hayden.
0: So we have some good comments. Um, uh, lady Adrian commented on the our last or two episodes ago about the beige diet. So we posted about the beige diet, which is kind of not nutritious foods oh. that are lack color and lack a lot of nutrition. Yeah. French fries, French fries, chicken nuggets, chicken macaroni and cheese. Yeah, a
1: lot of yeah, kids are stuck on
0: that. So a lot of kids are stuck on that. So she says, Doctor Jim Sears, I've never tried this diet. Looks good. I'm newly diagnosed with just over the line of LDL. Will this help? So I think we may have confused Adrian. I think I think she might think this is a good I diet. I really hope she's to. being sarcastic. Yeah, I don't think so
1: though. Did you, could, we should we should go on her profile and see if there's other posts just if she right. seems like she makes jokes or not, but what was her name Adrian Adrian Adrian. Uh, no, no, it's not a, <laughs> it's not <laughs> not <laughs> not a good, good diet. Didn't, I'm pretty sure we, after mentioning the
3: beige diet, we talked about just how not, not a, to do but it. But I think
0: maybe she just looked at the she picture. She might have just looked
3: at the post. <laughs> Everybody yeah. just reads the first few lines of yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just, yeah. know, so
0: like, no, Adrian, not good no, for LDL. Yeah, we're opposite. trying to get
3: off the beige, <laughs> diet. Off the
0: beige diet. Okay, so. so we have another we have another comment about our last podcast. Um, Omg, the info about trafficking was eye opening. I shared the info with my teen daughter, and we had a nice chat about the importance of awareness and confidence.:
1: Yeah, that, I, I'm still have processing. that in my head mm-hmm. processing what Katherine Lee was talking about, and uh, um, we'll just let's reiterate what she was talking about. They, she had asked she was uh, had this uh, random conversation with uh, the head of one of the top porn. Uh, websites mm-hmm. in, in the world it was that they were on an airplane sat next to an airplane together so they had this a conversation came up and mm-hmm. one of the questions she asked him was how do you find the girls mm-hmm. right and um, and what and, she, it was a compliment yeah. test right
0: so yeah. they yeah so you guys go back and listen to the, the last podcast it was just it's I think one of my favorites we've done so informational yeah. um, I've had talks with my kids and, and they turned out very well and my kids are actually they weren't really scared after the conversation they they felt yeah. empowered that's they asked questions yeah. they asked a lot mm-hmm. of questions which helped me know they were listening so
1: well that's good yeah we yeah. um we've not had that conversation with our daughter yet but um cuz we were in hawaii yeah. and she was in <laughs> she washington she was freezing in dc but um yeah they and maybe i won't give away i'll just make people go listen to it Yeah, but just learning what they look for in young women it was
0: was and it's kind of scary eye-opening. and
1: mm-hmm. kind
0: of crazy smart. Like yeah. it's crazy smart how yeah, right. these people are and they know psychology. Oh. It's gross, you guys. Yep. So yeah.
1: so all right, good. Uh, who was it? Je- who was it? that? What was it? Jess-, uh,
0: Jess Jesse? Jesse two oh six. So thanks, Thank Jesse. You, right. glad you cool. listened.
1: And that was comments with Hayden. I'm going to use my cough button for a second. You talk.
0: Hello, everyone. Dr. Jim Sears is coughing.
1: Yeah, it was cool. Uh, the, we installed the cough switch, which this is so cool. I dig it. Although, one Except of these. Days, I can't reach it. You're yeah, right. No, that's just for me. Yeah. yeah we should really get two of them. It's, this looks expensive. you know? If, did you buy it or did. It was like somebody? 40 bucks. Oh, really? oh
0: wow. That's, that's, that's kind
1: not of lot. But um, it's very. Yeah, it's, it looks just like a nice. Thing. I know, it does. Well made. But. Uh, <laughs> Cool. Anyway. Well, in a little bit, we're going to uh, meet, um, work with Katherine Lee again. So that's going to be pretty cool. But before that, let's talk about something. Have you ever run through, you know, you're trying to get your kids parking lot safety is yes. the <laughs> article we're going to be doing. Um, parking lot safety for parents. Um, one minute your child is by your side as you're navigating the grocery cart to the car. and The next thing you know, he's dashed off <laughs> and you begin to panic. It's That's scary. That's scary having your child kind of you know mm-hmm. the park the cars and the parking lot and um it's interesting fifty thousand crashes occur every year in parking lots and garages, resulting in more than sixty thousand injuries and five hundred deaths um, We got potholes and cracks and debris poor lighting ice you know if you're in washington d c on your class trip mm-hmm. and going through a parking lot with all the ice and the stuff it it can be dangerous so um, th- here's some stats that kind of blew me away. We 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 kind of understand that texting while driving and paying attention is really 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 important, but people tend to leave their guard down when they're in a parking lot. Sixty six percent of drivers report feeling very comfortable making a phone call while driving through a parking lot mm-hmm. uh, 63% would program their GPS 56% would send a text message 52% would use social media and 49% would take photos or watch videos oh, while man, going so that essentially last yeah so essentially half of the people mm-hmm. driving around kind of view oh. the parking lot as, eh,
0: yeah, so kind not of not that bad. Yeah, because you know, they're just... not driving fast and this right. and that. But gosh, it's almost the opposite in some ways because there's all these obstacles.
1: Right. There's, it's a more It's more crowded. It's more crowded people are going and, different directions mm-hmm. and it's ca- – And you have you know, pedestrians
0: chaotic. and usually when you're on the street freeway, you're not really dealing with that many pedestrians. So, yeah. so,
1: yeah, so yeah, knowing that the drivers out there are not paying vigilant attention to their surroundings uh, means you, you as the parent with your – Child or two children or more, <laughs> yeah. uh, you only got you got two hands, so one in each. I vivid, vivid I remember. <laughs> I tried to say vividly. I vividly <laughs> remember uh, walking in parking lots. Our daughter, uh, the our oldest daughter. So this is I'm talking probably 23, 22 years ago. Uh, she just she didn't want to. Go slowly through a parking lot mm-hmm. when we were walking, and we'd have to nope, holding hands because of all the cars. And that was just all the cars. Look mm-hmm. at all the cars, and we have to hold the hands. But um, that's uh, something you just have to pay attention to your kids. But having a few rules um, can can help your kids stay safe. And one yes. of them, and this isn't necessarily about if you're if you're getting out of a car in a parking lot, but just telling your kids never really play around parked cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is
0: crazy. It says at least 50 children are backed over in driveways and parking lots every week yes, in the US. Every week. That's a lot. So I like that because we think of parking lots, but even just, you know, in the neighborhood or at friends' houses, just don't go behind a car. I, I think that's a, a mm-hmm. really good, yeah, and just, even, even your car in the driveway.
1: Yeah, understanding that a parked car is, there's going to be dangerous stuff that happens mm-hmm. around it, and uh, and just to... Have that as an, an off-limits mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And then uh, another one is tell your kids just to look around for cars. Um, you know, the the uh, if you're a driver, it's, it can be hard to see a child mm-hmm. sometimes. And the kids often think, "If oh, well, I see the car so that they see me, so we must be fine. But mm-hmm. you just tell your kids that the car doesn't necessarily see yeah. you.
0: In fact, I've been telling my kids, just assume that they don't. Right. Because <clears throat> even if they probably should be able to see you, they might be distracted Mm -hmm. because, like we just read, over 50% of people are distracted when they're driving with their phones.
1: Yeah. And uh, I've I've driven a a lot. And uh, and we, in in our area, I don't know, in this neighborhood, but my neighborhood, we don't have streetlights. It's kind of, it's the beach town and there's just no streetlights. So it's dark. Mm -hmm. And at night, I've seen like up the street what is that i see something in the street it's a sh- is that a shadow oh my gosh it's a person oh. you know and and it, a lot of people don't realize how invisible they are cuz mm-hmm. if you're walking at night especially and you you see the the car's headlights you see the yeah. car's headlights uh but that doesn't mean
3: they can see you
0: No, nope. so that's a good one look around for cars
3: and it's well it's it's a, a important to note to actually look mm-hmm. a lot of people uh You know, uh, just they rely on on hearing Mm. without even realizing that they rely so much on hearing because the engines are loud and everything. But uh, in the past few years, with the proliferation of electric vehicles, they're so Mm. quiet Mm -hmm. that you, I mean, you could be right behind it and not even realize it's a. moving back on you because mm-hmm. you know, no, they're absolutely. so
1: quiet.
0: I'm curious if, uh, if this is if that number has increased since electric cars oh,
1: have increased probably. probably. Oh yeah. And especially and <laughs> smartphones. A lot of people smartphones, <laughs> looking both. down oh, at my the goodness. We, so, um a little aside, I think I might have told the story before, but um this was during the day uh, we were walking kind of over in town, so it was a little busier. But um a car we were kind of sitting waiting to cross the street at the light, you know, and the the um the walk signal came on, and and I've, I'm old enough to know. I kind of look and make sure no cars are going. But my um, – our teen – and I wonder if it was one of your kids, actually. It was it was our teen and one of her friends mm-hmm. just kind of started going. Well, we got the walk. We are going to start going without looking, and a car was trying <laughs> to make – just doing that right turn, not yeah. paying – because they're kind of looking at the traffic, not uh-huh. the pedestrians – and um, it, it wasn't that close, but I you, they, the kids went. They kind of looked up from their phones, and whoa!
0: Yeah, I, they got that prickly I, feeling. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like,
1: yeah, that's why I tell mm-hmm. you don't walk with your phones. Yes. Anyways,
0: so I like. The, I mean, the next one's kind of obvious, but it's important. Um, hold an adult's hand. Make sure that they that they know if they hold an adult's hand, then they'll probably be safe because the adult is taller. They're more likely to be able to be seen by the car, and the adult. Can keep them safe if they have them in hand. Yeah. Um, and then the next one. You have
1: to hold the hands because yeah, of all the, hands, all the cars. All the cars. <laughs> I
0: like that. What I like about that, Jim, is you used a simple phrase mm-hmm. and she memorized the phrase. Yeah, and so all
1: the cars. All you had to do is
0: say that phrase. You didn't have to launch into a lecture right, and then she yeah. snaps into attention. Uh-huh. So I think that's great, especially with toddlers. <clears throat> Um, And then the last one is use walking feet in a parking lot. Mm -hmm. So we don't run, we don't do this, but I like how they phrased it. They don't say don't run in the parking lot. They didn't tell the kid what not to do. They told the kid what to do, Mm -hmm. which gets in their brain a lot better. So use walking feet in the parking lot um, because all the cars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like that. And yeah. it's great to review the rules before you get out of the car.
1: Yeah. Can we go back to that yeah, walking yeah, yeah. feet? I like that walking feet. Okay. Use your walking feet. Use your walking feet. It's like feet. your inside voice. And your walking feet. But your walking yeah, feet. Yeah. I like that term running. a lot. Hey, you know, as they're running off, walking feet. Walking feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I can use that still. Walking <laughs> <laughs> okay, feet. Yeah. I'm going
3: to try It's funny. With, uh, with my son, Levi, we had a rule, I don't know, probably till he was three, three and a half, that he just, he didn't walk in parking lots. I, I carried him oh. mm. always. And um, he, he knew it so well that we'd be walking out of church or something. I'd be holding his hand on the sidewalk. And as soon as I crossed over to the blacktop and he wouldn't move, hmm. he just like would stay there could stop and just like <laughs> lean over like wait daddy wait just <laughs> like leaning over the black guy, i can't go on the it's black lava, top. lava! Yeah, i know exactly it so, <laughs> oh funny he was that's so pretty cool to that that he reminded me of yeah. the rule when i forgot yeah Good job, <laughs> Matt. i like that you know yeah, they, that
1: reminds me when i was um, before i had kids we had dogs and uh, we when we'd take our dogs for a walk all the time and just one of the things that we would train them w- when we came to an intersection or a crosswalk we would always just stop and have the kit dog sit and they'd mm-hmm. sit and wait and then okay release and we go right mm-hmm. and the idea was if they were on their ever on their own they'd come to a a, a intersection oh wait i'm supposed to sit here uh-huh. and and they would if i sometime, after they got really well trained with that i would not i would often test them and just kind of walk to the intersection and yep sure enough they would kind of come to the curb and sit and look at me
3: yeah that's cool Okay,
1: let's go. <laughs> oh,
3: <that's laughs> Another cool thing we did with parking lot stuff before we move on. Yeah, um, my wife found a, a little magnetic circle decal that we put on the side of the car as a safety spot. Hmm. And you know, yeah. if whoever you know carrying groceries or something, we need to you know let go of my kid's hand for just a second while opening the door or whatever. We he knew that he puts his hand on the safety spot and doesn't move that spot until, until the door's open or whatever and then he goes in
0: that's a great right? idea and he, was, he
3: was super stoked about it like he was proud of the fact mm-hmm. that he knew exactly where to go and put his hand on the safety spot alright that
1: that'd be fun to, to use that
3: <laughs> in some other
1: realm <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying like throw to it think.
3: against the wall somewhere go to <laughs> safety, safety spot <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> like, like
1: God. during an earthquake
3: <laughs> this, yeah. this doesn't feel very safe <laughs> it's not a
1: safe daddy you said this was a safety spot <laughs> anyway, but that's good yeah. uh, or um i i never thought of doing a, a magnetic sticker i always thought well maybe call the door handle, that's yeah. the safe spot. But I guess the door is kind of closing and opening, and yeah. it yeah. kind of is not safe. So I
3: like but your – It was, you know, decorated right. all fun. I had a picture of a hand and, like, smiley faces. Yay! Safe yeah.
1: spot. Yay. So
0: I like – the things I like about walking feet and so many – all the cars, those little phrases is that it's easy for kids to remember. So this article gives a great um, way for kids to remember, and it's called STAR. So the first one is S, stop and stand still when you get out of the car. And then T, Touch a designated place on the car and wait. So Uh, I like that, the safety spot. A, pay attention to what is going on around you and listen to your parent. And R, be ready to grab a parent's hand when they tell you it's time to go. So that's STAR. So that's an easy way for kids to remember.
1: S-T-A-R, STAR. I like
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, when your kids respond and do it well, get excited, reward their good behavior. Especially if you're going into a store, it's easy to say, ooh, now you get to... Get that gum that you've been asking yeah, for. Yeah,
1: great so, job remembering yeah. to hold my hand today. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I really liked how you looked both ways before we stepped yeah. off the sidewalk. You know, and then are- the
0: next one is give consequences for misbehavior. And I would say maybe, you know, before you go to the consequences, try again. So maybe if they forget to to touch the spot, then say, okay, let's get back in the car, get out again. What do you do? Just so they can practice it. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And but- this is and it's important. This is where. where it's not like eating your vegetables, well, that's important too, but, or not hitting your sister. It, this is super, super yeah, important. This could it's be safety, like life or death you know, so. type
0: of safety. So yeah, taking it very seriously and just without scaring the heck out of them, just really let them know it, it is very, very um, important. But I think also very important is to be a good role model yourself. Yeah. So practice these rules yourself, yeah, especially.
1: Let's not. let's not be the, the 60% of drivers that, text mm-hmm. or send, watch a video, you know, that's, that's half of us, half of us. That's, so it means one and a half of us sitting in this room you guys sends text
0: messages.
3: Me. <laughs> <laughs> so but I think that's, just don't.
0: Just don't even have your phone out. Don't like, if they see your phone in your hand, even, you know, yeah. just put it away. They won't even associate the phone with the parking lot.
3: Well, I mean, so, so many people, when they start driving, they're like, oh, I forgot to put on music or I forgot mm-hmm. to do the blah, blah, blah. I need to look up directions. And mm-hmm. uh, Take three seconds, pull back into the parking spot, and then fiddle with your phone, and then you can move on safely.
0: And it's—I mean, I for the last couple years, my teenager's been watching me drive, and so that's been on my radar because no matter what I tell her, she's going to do what I do. So if she sees me reaching for my phone, you know, when when you know when it rings or when I get a text when I'm driving, she's going to do the same thing. Mm And then she's going to call me a hypocrite when I tell her not to. So
3: Right. <laughs> That's the thing with so much about parenting is mm-hmm. you have to model the behavior if you want your kid to pay attention and yes. model after you.
0: No pressure.
1: Yeah, cool. So let's keep our kids safe out there and try to bring those statistics yes, down. Yes, we can
0: do it, people. We got this. All
1: right. All right. Good deal. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we will come back with Catherine Lee. And we will tackle more of those 33 things and learn more of Catherine's amazing wisdom. Top of the morning to you, and happy St. Patty's Day, everyone. This is Leprechaun Patio Furniture, and I'm giving a lucky shootout to the Sears Parenting Library. If you're the type that tends to overdo it on St. Patty's Day, you might be interested in the Dr. Sears T5 Wellness Plan. It's five easy steps to transform your health and detox after a few too many pints of green suds. Of course, that's what oil will be having. So go online to AskDrSears.com and you'll find some great books. There are more than 30 childbearing titles to choose from, with everything from pregnancy, childbirth, and breastfeeding, to discipline, sleep, anti-aging, and ADD. Like I says to you, if you're looking for that perfect gift for that new old veteran parent on your list, or just want some sagely advice from Dr. Sears, check out the Sears Parenting Library on AskDrSears.com. All right, like I said at the top of the show, we have a returning guest. Yay! This might be our first returning, returning guest, guest, right? It is. And she was on a couple of weeks ago and everybody just We got a lot of great comments and loved... Yes, and Uh, you
0: have to go back and listen to it. If you haven't, please listen to the one, Catherine Lee.
1: Lee. welcome back to the the show. So excited. (laughs) Yes.
2: I love being the first in in that way.
1: Yeah, so for those that maybe didn't uh, listen before, Catherine Lee is a business strategist and social justice advocate. She's the creator of the faith-based personal development system, The Ultimate Source, and founder of the nonprofit... Pure Hope Foundation. Uh, You're the author of the book, Interrupted, The Joy and Mystery of a God-Directed Life. Now, you may recognize Catherine from... Her appearance is on Oprah. Whoop, whoop, Everybody gets a yay. car. You get a you car. Get a car. You, <laughs> you get a car. You get a um, car. So this is awesome. And when you were on before, we talked about uh, the article that we've been going through, 33 things to stop doing to your kids right now. And uh, we actually never got to it. Because <laughs> we <were> so, <laughs> it was so interesting, so, um, everything else. And you, you see in the list, and you said, there's some of these I really, really want to talk about. Yeah. So welcome back, and let's launch into yeah,
0: it. Yeah, so we're going to jump to number 30, because um, I've heard – Catherine, talk about this concept, and I think it's fantastic. It's acting as though failure is bad. And I'm just going to let you take it away.
2: Yeah. So I think, don't we think failure is bad? Like who hears the word failure and goes, woohoo, I feel Uh good, right? Like words carry a ton Mm -hmm. of energy, right? Good or bad in the way that we look at it. It's kind of like the word relapse, right? Like, oh, which is, you know, interchangeable with failure at times. So Failure is actually the greatest source of success. You know, the people that are most successful have failed more than anybody else. I mean, statistically, you can go across the board and look at that all throughout the ages. It's resilience is what failure creates. Resilience, which again is a huge marker of success. So, really teaching your kids to understand that failure is a teacher. Like, just so you don't fail, you learn that is what is key in way of understanding failure because if we tend to with words make them i am statements so instead of i failed we say i'm a failure mm-hmm. that's what's dangerous about thinking that failure is bad or fatal it's all about reframing it to say no you made a mistake you're not a mistake mm-hmm. you had a failure which now we're going to turn into a teacher So, here's this is, I want to give this because this is so incredibly key. This is what I get paid the big bucks, right? (laughs) For in in life coaching and business strategy, and you'll get it here for free. And that is here's the three questions that will turn failure into a teacher.
1: Hold on, get my pen. Get your pen.
2: So, I mean, they're so common sense, but we don't apply them because we're in the feeling of a failure. And see, feelings are real, but they're not always helpful and they're not always accurate. So our feelings are real. We want to acknowledge our kids' feeling of that feeling of failure, but not identify that they're a failure. Yeah. So how can you take that moment? You can first acknowledge and say, wow, that, that must be really hard. It's okay to acknowledge the feeling because, again, their feelings are real. So you mm-hmm. say, that must be really hard. You know, I know you're mm-hmm. disappointed. Validate that. But then here's the three questions. after. And some kids, they right in that moment, they're resilient and they want to know how to move on. Others need to sit in that for a minute. In the depending on their temperament, they need to sit with the feeling a little bit longer. But within a short period of time, you know, you want to interrupt with these three questions that turn failure into a teacher. What went wrong? Hmm. What would I do differently next time? And hmm. who can help me? Hmm. So what went wrong? You now all of a sudden it's not you're wrong. <laughs> it's what went wrong. Right. It takes it off the personhood and onto the situation. Yeah, yeah. The second one is, what would I do differently next time? That gets the creative part of the brain going. So we're no longer in identity. Mm -hmm. We're in problem solving, Mm -hmm. which the brain loves, right? So that's really key is, what would we do differently next time? And the third one is huge. Who can help, or I like the word when I'm, especially when I'm dealing with boys and men, support, because help feels, again, that's one of those words, unfortunately. Help is a beautiful thing. It's what creates great relationships is when we allow people to help us, but we have a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Men in particular don't like to be quote unquote weak. And so if I need help equals I'm weak. So I just switch out the word support, right? So so who can support me? And the reason why that's there is they start to learn, I don't have to have all the answers in me. And sometimes you actually get better with wise counsel or advice because people are going to see things differently. Mm-hmm. So it teaches you know, that I can solve my problems, but I'm not alone mm-hmm. by reaching out. Yeah. And when we do that, it just creates and it shifts so many things in the brain, not to mention the mental attitude of it. Mm-hmm. and And it just is key. So don't take... Do not te- teach your kids that that failure is bad or that it's the best thing in the world, right? We've got to find that balance between resilience mm-hmm. and yeah. problem solving.
1: It's funny. When you were talking about the the three lessons, I started trying to think of a of a recent failure <laughs> and uh, to how I could have applied that. And obviously, uh, funny, I, I don't want to throw one of my kids under the bus, but I will. Um, <laughs> our 13-year-old um, recently, eh, this was a couple months ago, There was there was this assignment that all the kids were supposed to do, and they were actually supposed to work on it in class, in a certain class. Now she, at the very beginning, had lost it, okay? And so she actually spent an entire week uh, sitting at her desk trying to pretend like she was working on this thing that she didn't have because she didn't want to, like, Get in trouble, um, and then of course at at some point you got to pay the piper because mm-hmm. you got to turn something in, and then of course we learned uh, that she literally was just so afraid of of failing that right. she couldn't get the help, couldn't ask those three questions, and yeah. uh, wow, <laughs> well,
2: it's really key, and, and yeah. you notice know, how we think like. I loved what you said at the beginning of that. I started looking for my failures, yeah, yeah. right? I started looking for failures of my family so that we can turn them mm-hmm. instead of what do we typically do with a failure? I'm trying to forget about it. I'm not going to yeah, forget yeah. about it. Or, we, it. or or we right, totally you know. identify with it mm-hmm. where we make it our identity. Yeah. So instead, you, you, even in that moment, illustrated how it turns it into an energizing thing because the brain loves to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. It hates uncertainty. So if we create... A, a new scenario that there's uncertainty, the brain just wants to solve it. Mm-hmm. Key, really key. And I
0: I think that as we're trying to do this to our for our kids, doing it for ourselves might even have, need to happen first. So it's automatic. We maybe kind of practice on ourselves, asking mm-hmm. ourselves those questions.
2: Yeah, what um, are the
1: questions again? Um, <laughs> yeah, what went, what went wrong? wrong? What, what would I
0: do differently
2: next time?
1: Do different. Okay. And who
2: can help or support me? Ooh. And I, Hayden, I love that you write kids don't do what you say they uh-huh. do what they see you do mm-hmm. and if you kind of process that out loud oh man i've i failed at this i got to turn this into a lesson right because mm-hmm. and if you're just talking out loud you're not teaching in the moment mm-hmm. i've i give my kids right because i'm a life coach <laughs> my brain is a natural problem solver and my kids are allowed to say to me i don't you know don't don't be as, don't solve mm-hmm. the problem right now mom and that's with respect they're always allowed to do that but if you're solving it for yourself you know, and you're just going through the process, and you're modeling it. It's amazing how much weight that carries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and
1: another example when you first started, when you even just we we talked about acting as like, although a failure is bad, I envisioned a um, little league baseball scenario where the dad's on the <laughs> sideline and the the son's at the home at the plate. Possibly striking out, which striking out is a very you know even Hall of Famers have struck yeah. out you yes. know and so you can be the best ball player best baseball player on the planet and still have a lot of strikeouts and I remember as a kid being deathly afraid of striking out you mm-hmm. know and um, especially if uh, and then I when my kids were in Little League and I was the the coaching and just hearing the 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 incurred quotes encouragement slash. Whatever you want to call it, um, coming from the parent, the peanut gallery, and the parents, um, you know the kids. There's just so much pressure. But I think even just um, if a child can understand that in the process of striking out, using that um, uh, to at least watch the pitches. You know, yeah. if you strike out, you're you're going to see some good pitches come through. And the next time you're up, you, you now you've seen this pitcher throw four or five good pitches, and now you you're equipped to. To maybe uh, handle those next time, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to, uh, oh, I failed. I uh, just struck out. <laughs> right. Womp, womp, womp.
2: That's what we all hear uh-huh. in our head in that moment. And instead, if it just that music revs up and goes, cool, learning opportunity, or mm-hmm. yeah, what's going to shift here? That changes everything. Mm-hmm.
0: So we've been working through this article, 33 Things Parents Need to Stop Doing to Their Kids Right Now, and we'll continue to do that in further podcasts, so keep keep coming back and listening to us. But I want to move on because when I heard Catherine Lee was coming back, I just, in listening and doing the, po- the our first podcast with her, I just had all these lists of questions that I just wanted to delve in more. So something you kept we we kept saying last time and then this time the word identity kept coming back. I mean that's just a common theme for for your message and for our lives. And for me I have a 9-year-old boy and then a 12 and a 15-year-old girl. So this like I'm on I have a few more years of pouring into them. So I would love to hear from you how we create healthy identities for ourselves and for our kids. Yeah.
2: I Hayden, mm-hmm. thank you. And I I I just think of the key there, you said, healthy identity, because mm-hmm. we all have identity, mm-hmm. right? We all identify as something about who we are, and so we get a lot of that from our parents. I, I literally think of the Sears family, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, it's, this is the the doctor family, right? <laughs> Even earlier, the last podcast, you you differentiated between the doctors and the health coach, and mm-hmm. really honored both places, yeah. right? Both things coming from that direction, and so we get a lot of our identity from family. Mm -hmm. And some of that is really healthy. And again, the more we model, Hayden, what you just said, for ourselves – and then our kids. Because mm-hmm. again, our kids are watching. So on the last podcast, we talked about a thing called the compliment test. You'll you'll have to go back and listen because it's really, really important to keep your kids safe.
0: That was one of the things like that was at uh, the top of my list from the last podcast. Yeah. So please go listen. Yeah. So that
2: that whole idea of what do you do when there's a compliment? Women mm-hmm. in particular, men. I don't know what it is about men. I love men yeah, so cool. much. Like they're so cool. And you know, you compliment a man, he's like, Yeah. Sweet. You know, his hands go on his <laughs> hips, and typically he just takes yep. it in. Yeah, it's just a great mm-hmm. thing. And I, we could learn a lot from that, mm-hmm. right? And they may not even feel it in, internally, but they know how to receive it even if they can't internalize it yet. Mm-hmm. But but for for women, that compliment, you know, is we've we've been taught to push it away, like to be quote-unquote humble or to not believe it because the world says that all of this is what is what identity should look like. So I think that by modeling, you know, complimenting men, again, women, if you're listening, get your, tell your man this because they need to know how incredibly important they are. When a man compliments the women in his life, and not just on looks, by the way, mm-hmm. like a young girl, if you'll compliment her character, you know her follow through, certainly telling her she's beautiful is important mm-hmm. as well, no matter what, if she's traditionally the world beautiful, what the world says is beautiful or not. We want to compliment that, but we want to compliment the whole person. And I believe that's true about men. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, favorite things to do is I live in the South now, so I moved from Southern California to Texas. And there was a very distinct difference in culture <laughs> in that everywhere I went, men would run ahead of me to open the door oh. to a store or whatever. And it was like kind of shocking to me. So I I would say, Well, thank you. Like this huge smile on my face. And then I started saying, Well, you are my hero today. Mm. And then I'd be like, Somebody raised you, right? Right. So I and you know, every one of those men grew an inch mm. in that moment. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, right like they stood up taller. And so us being able to say to men, you've got what it takes to women, I see you, is what creates healthy identity. And I think that we as individuals, at the end of our day, we look at everything we did wrong, or didn't accomplish. And that erodes at our identity, because our identity is not our performance. And our identity is not our story, even. Mm -hmm. So the young girls, we we have a homework girls, are are brought out of trafficking, and, and they're, they're given a place to form their identity. And one of the things we say to them is, your story is not your identity. Mm-hmm. Here, we're going to find identity, and it begins right this minute. Mm-hmm. You are a child of God. You are beautiful. You are talented. And we're going to mine out what all that looks like mm-hmm. from here on out. And we can do that same thing. What if we woke up every day and we thought... Because again, the brain hates uncertainty. So what if every day we woke up and said, it's going to be a great day, or I'm going to be great today. And that uh, what happens in the brain is all day long, the brain is looking for what is great because it doesn't like just the concept. It wants something concrete to prove it. Mm-hmm. And so if we then speak life into our kids that way at the beginning of the day, you're going to be great today. You're going to be a good friend to somebody today. You know, you're going to receive friendship from someone today. If we give their brain the ability to look for greatness, you know, throughout the day, that also builds up our identity because we're filling up with good things. So if we start and end our day with knowing that we're loved, that we're valuable, and what went right in the day, there's that old ancient wisdom of Philippians 4, 8 that says, whatever is good and lovely and noteworthy and pure, think on these things. And so we want to stand in our identity just because of who we are, not because of what we've done, but then we build more resilience and identity in the way that we just live and
0: look for life to be great.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. And I something you said just a few minutes ago when you were talking about, um, you kind of talking out loud, like processing our thoughts out loud so our kids are hearing us, but we're not preaching or teaching— I think that um, sometimes you'll hear our kids say like, oh, I suck, or oh, I'm so bad, or like, oh my gosh, my hair's so ugly. You know, we'll Mm -hmm. we'll hear them put this identity on themselves. So before like not launching into some of those things, but just kind of having it be a comment, like, you know, if my son... Spilled his milk, and instead of like, oh, I'm, I'm so bad at pouring milk, I'll say, you're getting better at pouring milk. Yes, like, like I'll re- Yes, and I, that's something you mm-hmm. taught me a long mm-hmm. time ago, and it stuck with me. And I think that really is a very tangible tool um, that helps them rebuild their identity. But I started doing it to myself first because our most of our the thing our identity is created in our brain, and yeah. you taught me this too. Like we create our own image of ourselves by our self talk.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. And I, I love to say too to myself and to a, a kid when you hear that, who told you that? Mm. Not with oh, like tone that. is huge tone because yeah. oh, yeah. you could say who told, who told you, you, that? you that? Yeah, that's the judgy right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that part. that yeah. But if you say it in a gentle, curious way, so who told you that? Yeah. That your hair is ugly, or that this? It's interesting. Again, it interrupts, and it's like the brain goes curious instead of in condemn mm-hmm. condemning. And so it's like, well, I don't know. And so often, you. this is what I say, I call them the life-limiting Ws mm-hmm. in my course that I teach. It's the world, right? The world has a certain message that says you're successful or not successful that we then put our identity on. So we, we can't do that anymore. We just have to make a decision. The frontal lobe of our brain, right, right here where your forehead is, is where we have our seat of choice, our executive way that we learn. And we can choose to just not think that way anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But if we are there and the world says different, we have to decide if we buy that lie or not, mm-hmm. right? Our wounds, right? We all have had a moment where we've been wounded by by someone, and then we turn that internal. And so we want to reframe our wounds. If you see The Lord of the Rings here mm-hmm. in this the in yeah. studio, right? So iconic movie, if you haven't seen it, there's a character called Gollum. And he's obsessed with the ring, and he looks at it, and it's in his hand, and he puts his hand over it, and and he's rubbing on it, and he's like, precious. He calls it precious. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we do that with our wounds. Mm. We think about it, and we look at it, and we talk about it. And meanwhile, Gollum is getting uglier and uglier. He's shrinking, and his hair is falling out, and he's getting deformed. And we do that internally with our identity if we just focus on our wound. And again just like we talked about how to change, right? The failure to learning. If we can do that same thing, what went wrong? What would I do differently next time? Who can help me? Or is that true? Mm-hmm. Right? If it is true, do what can you do to change it? If you can't change it, then you shift your attitude around it. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is kind of warfare. Like there's there's just kind of good and evil in the world. And there is kind of that attack of What is good? You can call it yin and yang. You can call it God and Satan. A lot of people have different perspective on that. But I work in this issue of trafficking, and I'm telling you, there's some evil things that are said and evil things that are done. And so I think it was Martin Luther King that said, you know, things go really bad. I'm loosely quoting here Mm -hmm. when good people do nothing. Mm. And we have to be that good person on behalf of us and our families and to not just let the world, our wounds and warfare run rampant, but to, again, why I wrote the book Interrupted, to interrupt those thought processes with curiosity and question and then making a statement. There is a time to say, that is simply not true. I won't hear you say that about yourself. I'm going to stand in the gap for you until you believe it yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's called love. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I think something that uh, I might struggle with in this realm is uh, our 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 uh, my our two older kids are they're out of the house, so it's just the one thirteen year old and and you know at her age the interaction there's much less interaction now than there was when the kids were younger, you know, because they're off in their room listening to their music, talking to their friends, and there's a lot of more. So I found myself. That our interactions tend to be um, maybe less than positive, like hey, can you can you straighten up the you left your thing here and right. and, and and then at the end of the day, I'm like, wow what, how am I what part of her identity am I? am I contributing yeah, here right as opposed to you know maybe I, even if I don't agree with how she's dressing, uh, I could still compliment man you really, you really put that together. Right, you know, right, right, <laughs> um, and and uh, I, I think my own personality—I tend to be a perfectionist. So yeah, I, I tend to see the, the the messes and the and the, the 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 dishes that didn't get put away and all that stuff, and 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 not uh, giving the compliments that give that maybe contribute to a positive identity that. That is important yeah. yeah
2: and what I what I love about that is you're conscious and you know that and what you're talking about is building relational equity yeah. instead of being task relational right, right? so ta- and, and that's why you and Michael who are such good friends right because he's a perfectionist too I'm married to <laughs> the most amazing human being on the planet and his brain though sees what's not done. Right, That's just his brain wiring. Mm-hmm. It, he sees what's not done, what's not right. He's a natural fixer, which a lot of men tend to be. And so I've had to, with honor and respect, which I always want to have for my husband, say, have you considered? Or, hey, just now would be the time that you would you know, say this. Like one time he was talking to my daughter, Hannah, and he was like, oh my gosh, look at this picture when you were three. You were so cute. And I'm like, Oh, looking at him, okay. making the face, and I'm like, finish the statement. Yeah. Finish it. You're, You're even so more cute, cute now. now. <laughs> exactly. Good cue, Jim. But it's we just good. don't – we have to be conscious mm-hmm. daily to sow into relationships. That's with your spouse. But our words really do carry weight. So I always say, if you will have your interactions looking at end-of-life lens, right, like if you think at the end of life, will this matter, right? I don't know. I, I with my son, right. I used to say, Oh, you're gonna pick up those glasses and those dirty dishes because I'm not gonna do that to your future wife, right? Yeah. Like so so I'm not saying yeah. you don't let them be slobs, right? Yeah, yeah. But you do choose your battles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's, do I wanna be right here or do I wanna be right in the relationship? And again, that goes back to what you talked about earlier on the last podcast, mom to mom, mm-hmm. listening to that intuition. Right and not fear, but listening into that inner voice to go right now in this moment. And the pace in which we live life doesn't live a lo- leave a lot of margin for that. Mm. Yeah. So a little life mm. hack is to slow down a little bit and don't over schedule. I would rather honestly not have my kids in three sports because they can learn team by one sport. Mm-hmm. Right. They're typically not going to get a scholarship for three sports anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would rather them be in one less activity and have more margin for relational equity mm-hmm. in our yeah. life.
1: Hey, this is number six on our list. Don't overschedule your kids. So yeah, yeah, We got
0: So, Catherine, I, this actually brings me into another thing I wanted to talk about. I mean, I think when the audience is listening to you and how you communicate, and how you're communicating with your children. I would love to talk more about that. So if, if that's one of the things you coach on is effective communication, conversational intelligence, and how to respond rather than react. So I am going to delve into that a little bit more because, you know, first of all, how we communicate with our kids, but then also the world around us.
2: Right. So one of the first things I would say is ask instead of assume, ask mm-hmm. instead of accuse. Mm -hmm. And try that in your marriage sometimes, right? (laughs) Because first it goes to the marriage, right? Like, how do you talk to each other? Mm -hmm. Um, But again, getting curious. It sounds strange, but curiosity is the core of communication. People feel seen and heard if you're curious about them. We have forgotten that art Mm -hmm. in life, and we all love to be heard. Mm -hmm. So you're also teaching your kids to have a voice if you have that. So I think ask instead of assume and ask instead of accuse is really key. I also teach fact find first. So if you're not sure of a situation, instead of assuming, say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Or this is what I'm concerned about. And hey, if you mess up, right, if you end up yelling or something like that, one of the greatest lessons we can teach to our kids is to go back and apologize, give them context you know, mommy was really X, Y, Z. I was actually stressed about this, not about you. And I put that on you. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. Because all of us probably could go back to a time where when we were a little kid, a parent yelled or somebody was stressed about something mm-hmm. and we took it on ourselves and we never got the whole story. Because mm-hmm. again, the brain hates uncertainty. So we'll script the end of the story in the brain and we often will make it about us. And so being able to fact find with your kids... And ask them, you know, in these situations, obviously we're talking as they're getting older, um, but, you know, that's when this becomes really important. Mm-hmm. But also that other side of, we we have a joke in our family that I'll be like, oh man, I handled that really poorly. I'm putting $100 in your counseling account. So when you're in your 30s and you have to process this moment, but what that does is all my kids laugh and it go, they go, oh, you're human. Mm-hmm. So I can go apologize to you when I'm in a bad place. That's one of the things I love. My daughters will come to me and say, Mom, I didn't mean to have that tone. Tone is so huge, as I said before. <clears throat> or I didn't mean to, but this, I was stressed about this. Mm-hmm. So interestingly enough, they'll tell me things of their life because I've told them things about my life mm-hmm. that caused me to act un- in a way that I don't want to act. So then they have permission to do the same.
0: I really like that. And that, rem- that actually reminds me of Mom and Dad. Um- they they very much did that. That's something I've always recognized. I, and my mom having eight children, she's going to yell. She's going to get snippy. I mean, I give her so much grace for that. She deserves all the accolades in the world. But she did. And I remember vividly her coming back to me and apologizing, exactly like you just said, and, and helping me understand why humans you know, yes. lose it and get snippy and, and make mistakes and, and mm-hmm. speak in a way that is not within their value system. That's right. And that I could see my mom do that and then apologize to me it's it's always stuck with me and i in fact i i had more respect for her that she could do that um, rather than, I'd rather her do that than just be this perfect mom who never made a mistake, yeah. never did anything that would set me up to feel like a constant failure as a mom. Absolutely. Yeah. And
2: you know what's amazing is to turn this into business because I'm a business strategist mm-hmm. as well as a life coach, but more than anything, I'm a wife and a mom, right? Mm-hmm. But to turn it to business, you know the things that they hire for now. This is across the board. There's been all these studies done at Harvard and Yale, et cetera. You know what they hire for nowadays? One is humility. Can you ask for help? Are you willing to not know everything? And number two, are you conversationally intelligent? Do you can you communicate well? It's called emotional intelligence, it, and that's emotional intelligence is all based on how you interact with people. And I'm an introvert. I know it's hard to believe. I'm in mm-hmm. a studio. I'm talking like crazy, but I, I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. And so you can mm-hmm. learn this skill. It's not all language is skill. We all have natural abilities, but language is skill, so we can learn how to have conversational intelligence And in the most important place is in the home
1: yeah, you know this kind of we we had a scenario like this. I think it was last Friday night um our teenager <laughs> it's always our teenager it is. Well, I know. she's the only one at home now, <laughs> right. so yeah. um it was probably nine o'clock uh, Jess and I were already in bed, probably watching a show or something, but Um, she comes into the room, Hey, and she has a friend that lives, I think two streets over. And I think that friend had a couple friends over. And so Callie really wanted to go visit. Can I go over there? So she comes in, Hey, can I go over to, um, whoever, whoever Lacey's house? And, uh, and now my wife, uh, just reacted, no, it's too late. You know? And, and of course I could hear in, in Callie's tone, she really wanted to go and be part of this group. Right. And, uh, and so I, I kind of had to try to stop the react mom's mm-hmm. reaction of no. Well, let's fact find. Okay? Yes. Um, it's it's dark. Um, how are you going to get there? Who's there? Uh, let's let's look at you know. Um, and and I guess mom's uh, big. Let's talk about the hurdles. What are the hurdles or what are the bar- barriers for you going over to your friend's house and having it? time? Because it's Friday night. It's mm-hmm. you, you can stay up late or past your bedtime. It's fine. Um, so we the the barriers were uh, mom didn't want her getting you know going walking there in the dark by herself because um, we live in a decent neighborhood but it's not that far from not decent neighborhoods mm-hmm. and you know our, our mailboxes get broken into so she she worries about and. Um, so well, let's talk about maybe if uh, you know I kind of put my hand. Well, I'd be willing to walk her there, but I if, but in two hours when you want to come home, I'd kind of like to be asleep. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm not I'm not there for you for that part. But let's talk about who else, you know. Is do they have a maybe one of their parents would bring you back, or is the, and then she well, there's an older sister that's there, and well, let's talk to her. And I think after after some fact finding, um, she actually she ended up being able to go. And, uh, and have a good time. Uh, but the, the initial reaction from mom, Absolutely. It, it put – you could tell uh, Callie's her, – her feathers were getting ruffled and her defenses were coming up and yeah. starting her attitude, you know, I hate my mom kind of attitude totally. was coming yeah. out. And, well, and
2: that's uh, that resistor I think we talked about on the last podcast on two ends of the spectrum. On the left end – the spectrum is the resistor, your tell, sell, yell, mm-hmm. right? And that all that does is create a resistor brain in the other person. Yeah. Whereas the opposite end of the spectrum, and there's places in between, is co creating together, which is that asking questions and getting curious. And sometimes a no is a no is a no, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. but right. we can do it with the right tone. But in Jess's defense, as a mama, right? Mm-hmm. I, I always tell people sometimes fear sounds like anger. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen a cornered animal, a dog Mm -hmm. that you corner? What does it look like? It'll growl. It'll put its hackles up. Mm -hmm. It looks angry, but it's actually afraid. And anytime I've been in that go-to anger, 90% of the time, especially as a parent, it's because there's something that I'm afraid of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I need to go back to world wound warfare, right? I have to go back. Is this the world we live in? Then we need to put up these protocols like you just talked about. Is it my own wounds because I'm scared or something happened to me? Well, we might need a little margin to still have the safety pieces in place for the world we live in, but not have to have that child live through our wounds, right? Yeah. You and know,
1: actually, uh, now that I remember, she actually didn't go. We didn't find a solution. So, right. but at least she felt heard, uh-huh. right? And know, she saw and you try. We tried. Hey, we and really it tried to make this, gave this work. Gave her some
0: insight in, into why we say no. Mm-hmm. We don't just always say no because we want to. We don't want them to not have fun. But she got some insight into why there's obstacles and and what goes on right. in saying yes yeah, yeah. or no.
1: And, and yeah. the next morning, she went over there mm-hmm. and they had breakfast and it was great. But
2: that's perfect. And you know, I often say to my kids, "Look, you are the most important." person in the world to me. You guys are my most important people, but you're not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there are no's that are just mm-hmm. nos, and it, it won't make any logic to them. But maybe in that moment we're teaching them that it's not always about them. Yeah. Yeah. And that is important too. Yeah.
0: And and I sometimes I I struggle with being reactive. I'm a single mom so I don't always have that carnal Back counterpart up. to like give me a tap on the shoulder. Um, but if I'm reactive and I say no but then I've had a chance to pause, I can go back to them and say, you know what, I responded out of fear because that happened to me when I was your age and it did not end well. And so I said, no, because I was scared. So let's talk about it some more. And so that gives them insight into my life. It maybe can help them open up and give me insight into their life. And then they can maybe have a, a pause into what they're about to do or what they want to do. Without me having to say, yeah, but this might happen, this might happen, this might happen. It's like, that happened to me, so I was scared. Yes.
2: And that, again, creates a a co-creation, like they get a peek into your world They get to problem solve with you. They get a different perspective. An apology goes a long way because none of us are perfect and they Mm -hmm. won't be perfect. So it gives Mm -hmm. them permission to do that as they get older with their friends in their social networks, even now too.
0: It's just fascinating because some of these things that I talk to my daughter about, especially my 15-year-old, some of the like, oh, so I'm curious. And some of those phrases I've learned from you, I overhear her on the phone using (laughs) with her friends, which I'm just like jumping up and down. It's fantastic. Uh It Uh is. It
1: is. do are we get, do we need to lose you yeah. at, at at now in terms of time? Yeah. No, or, oh, we're
2: my okay. I just need to be around the corner where I can focus in about fifteen minutes. Oh okay. So, so we got time. Okay. Yeah, cool,
1: because yeah. I was worried that it was you had to I was get just thinking as here. long
2: as we say a quick goodbye,
0: yeah. we'll be good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so
0: okay. So I want to move into something Thank you. so we're communicating with our kids and I just I I love the way you speak. Um there you know, we're all gonna have hard patterns that then become things in our life we need to change, right? Um, so I would love to hear you, uh, how you create positive change in your life and how to inspire change in others. Of course, we're trying, we talk mostly about our kids, but, yes. but we have a world around us too. It's not all about parents and kids. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear you talk about that a bit.
2: Well, here's here's the interesting thing about change. We are we don't like change, right? <laughs> So let's, let's just acknowledge our kids don't necessarily like change. Some people more than others. But um, it's because the brain is learning something new. And just like when you're rebuilding a muscle, it takes some effort to change. And so there's actually five stages of change. And I'll run through them really quickly because mm-hmm. we'll settle in on one. But there's pre-contemplation, which means all you have to do is recognize if you're deaf to the topic, you won't listen, right? Mm-hmm. Or someone else won't listen. Deaf, denial, defensive, defiant right? If you see any of those things, somebody's probably not ready to change. And you don't know you're in that stage because you're in denial. So (laughs) you don't even recognize when you're in that stage typically. But if you tend to be, I'm not going to listen, or I'm going to walk out, that's the defensive or defiant part, then maybe it's an area you want to consider to change. But the next one is called contemplation. This is what we call the yeah, but stage. You know, yeah, But and then all the reasons and excuses follow that. Now this is the most painful place because this is where shame resides. Mm. Because we acknowledge that we "quote unquote" should change. I always tell people don't should on yourself and don't should on other people because (laughs) because that's no good, right? Uh It's not motivating language, right? To should. So if you start to shift the should to I want, I want to change. It really begins to shift the brain's desire to do this because the brain wants rewards, not condemnation. Mm -hmm. So if if we'll look at those reasons and excuses, we start to move into the next phase, which is preparation. And preparation is where you start looking at those reasons and excuses, you get rid of the excuses, which are just made up reasons. Mm-hmm. And we can all have the power to do that. And then we overcome the obstacles that are the real reasons. So when I first moved to little Mount Vernon, Texas, mm-hmm. back um, a few years ago, I used to walk on the beach five days a week here. Uh-huh. And I moved there. We were living in our RV for a while until we got the home established for the young women because we wanted to make sure that – it was important to me that they had a home before I even had a home. And so we wanted to see you know, what that would be like. But we were living kind of out in the country at a friend's house plugged into their RV. And I would go out to walk, and there would be these dogs, like packs of dogs in – that people don't have a leash law there and they don't have fences. And I I literally could not go out. That was a real obstacle that stood in my way. It wasn't an excuse. So I had to figure out in this new environment, I had to prepare by finding other places that I could go walk and, and have that safety. So what are the real reasons and obstacles? That's preparation, then action, right? We can all go into action And that's where the real learning happens, because that's where failure comes in, which we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where we learn. We don't go into relapse, right? But we might experience a failure that we can reframe to learn. Mm -hmm. Then we don't have to go all the way back to deaf defensive denial, or yeah, but, yeah, but I tried, right? So Mm -hmm. we, and then we end up in maintenance, which means it's second nature. So if you actually look at that, that contemplation part of the yeah, but, yeah, but, if we can move out of that into and stay in the cycle of preparation and action preparation and action meaning if something went wrong what went wrong what would i do differently next time who can help me community is huge for change mm-hmm. so i i really want i have had the privilege of working on a as the business strategist and i still serve on the board for a a health initiative called the daniel plan mm-hmm and so that was Rick Dr Oz was involved at the beginning Rick Warren Dr Hyman Dr Amen so we had five pillars that we came up with these five buckets of health so fitness and food and focus meaning goal setting and attitude faith and friends mm-hmm. the thing that shocked all of us was the biggest indicator to change and success was friends mm-hmm. to health overall is healthy community. Mm-hmm. And so when you're gonna change, we tend to do it in an isolation because we don't want anybody to see us fail. Yeah. 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 But instead we have the opportunity to say, hey, I always say get cheerleaders and coaches, right? So cheerleaders are those people, Hayden, you would totally be a cheerleader <laughs> and a coach because you would say, That's all right, that's okay, we're gonna beat them anyway. Uh-huh. You know, you would just make me feel good even if I experienced a failure. But then you would coach and say, What went wrong? What could we do differently next time? Mm -hmm. And what other help do you need? So that's the power of change. And if we can take that with our kids and we can identify, oh, they're in pre-contemplation. They're not ready to change. What do you do? You love them. You listen twice as much as you speak, right? We have two ears and one mouth if we would use them in those ratio <laughs> to listen yeah. twice like as that. much as we speak. Mm-hmm. And and then you let go, let God and live by example. Mm. Yeah. That's the greatest thing we can do to move people through the stages of change. That and that's
1: important. I think for I we currently have a thirteen year old that's I think pretty resistant to a lot of that. And I I I, I keep trying to drive force the change it and, right. and yeah, you're pro- I probably just need to let, and I, let go, right? And-
0: I love that because if if they're not ready, anybody you're talking to, but if, mm-hmm. of course our kids, we're just going to get frustrated, right? And then we're going to battle, and then it's going to turn into this tension that nobody likes to live. And around. you
2: create two resistor brains, right? Mm-hmm. You create right. two people yeah, that are right. resisting, mm-hmm. and you butt heads. Ever heard that term? Ever yep. feel that mm-hmm. <laughs> with? And your teenagers are actually, if we can think of this as they're practicing the process to live on their own. And they're doing it in a safe environment where they can experience a failure and have resilience. That's where we're going to do it. Now, I believe choose your battles. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. there are times to stand up and say, absolutely not, I love you too much. Mm -hmm. Not absolutely not, and all the judgment, right? (laughs) Yes. But absolutely not, I love you too much.
1: Yeah. It's funny. As soon as you said that, I thought of a quote, I'm going to quote our 13-year-old from Uh, this was a couple of months ago. She, She literally, these words came out of her mouth. Um, Mom, if you love me, you go get me a McDonald's. <laughs> right)
2: <tonight. laughs> she's smart. I can't like, wait to meet her. I love Jess, and good. I yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. seen Jess right. in a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I need to meet this girl. I like and her. Course, she's like, <laughs> maybe
0: this will work. I'm going to try it once.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's darn laughs>
1: right. And of course, I used to use that to, for my, my kids when they were younger to not get the, I love you too much to get you McDonald's right. yeah. right. <laughs> She
2: flipped it on you, she flipped it. And, um, They're brilliant that way. You know,
1: and, and it's <laughs> funny, and I was like, OK, what do we do with that? Right. right. But Sometimes
2: you let them eat it, and they have ucky tummy, and they true, feel the consequence, true, right? True. Yeah, Who knows? Exactly. I don't but, know about that know, poison. I kind of had
1: to think to myself. Well, you know, for her, actually, I I think she would. She was she was being serious. You know, she she literally thinks of that as a. That's maybe one of her love languages. Right. is Getting mm-hmm. comfort food. Um, now, of course, my doc, the doctor side of me is like, no, we can't. Yes. You know, you, you had that three weeks ago. You can't have it. Um, or yeah, maybe more than th- less than three weeks ago, but. Um, It's uh, it. it, it Sometimes it's tough.
2: It (laughs) is tough. Parenting, like you said, all the joys of parenting, and then let's address the things that maybe don't have as much joy. But the end result. You know, I just got done visiting my my daughter Corinne, who's twenty six now, and my son. I'm getting ready to see tonight here, visiting in Southern California, and to see them grow into. Adults that can navigate the world well, that can deal with resilience, that pay their own bills, you know, that really have great relationships and they've navigated some tough times with other relationships and friendships. Sometimes we have to look at what the end result's going to be or the longer term goal rather than in the moment just making peace or being the best friend Mm -hmm. and finding that place of balance.
0: Wow, <laughs> the, Catherine, this has been amazing. Yeah, has been I mean, cool. we have there's so many things I, w- I we could talk for days. Um, so that just means we'll have to have you back. I was going to say, could I be the first three time guest? <laughs> yes,
1: so, the first, yeah, we'll have to start a special club. You and Tom Hanks. There um, yeah, yeah. go. All right, let me find your stuff.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so Catherine, you had you we... had mentioned you know there's a, f- a few platforms, and we would love to hear how people can connect with you and get involved in the Pure Hope Foundation, and maybe even. <laughs> Connect with you about the ultimate source because that's something I did several years ago and it was just fantastic. So please let us know how people can connect with you.
2: Fantastic. So if you go to ultimate source TV, that's where our our personal development program is, and we're going to give a special a direct link for a great a great deal for all of your listeners. Mm-hmm. And if for any reason you, you know that they can't find that, they can email me at catherine at dot Again, Catherine is it's not Catherine it's K A T H R-I-N-E, Catherine, Mm -hmm. at purehopefoundation.com, and I will get that special code. But I have to say that, you know, Pure Hope Foundation, if you like our Facebook page, it actually helps us with fundraising because, believe it or not, they look at how many followers you have on social media to give you grants. Mm -hmm. They want to know what you have. So liking and sharing that um, on behalf of these young women that have been trafficked. And then, of course, you can go on Amazon, on Kindle, um, and and or just buy the hard copy book of Interrupted, mm-hmm. the joy and mystery of a God directed life, and then you'll get all the dirt on my story. Because <laughs> trust me, I may sound wise today, but I made some pretty stupid decisions in my life that that actually set the platform for this resilience mm-hmm. that that held had me dive in and learn what I've learned.
0: Yeah, and it, I'm I'm sure so many of you are thinking, I just want to hear Catherine speak for days. Like I want to absorb the way she speaks, how she communicates, and going through that course. Um, you know, reading your book, even seeing your Facebook posts kind of daily, it's, it gets into your mind. It, you're going through your course, had somebody model to me through your verbiage, how you communicated, and it just, it sunk in. So if any moms, parents out there are thinking, I want to speak like her. I want my mind to work like her. This is how you can do it, and it's your stuff is so accessible and so it just you speak in a way that that sticks with somebody. So I would encourage you guys to just connect with Catherine and have her be a part of your rhythm of life because it's certainly changed my life. It's it's I think you've touched almost every single one of the Sears family in one way or another. Um, oh, my mom and dad wanted me to tell you hi and give you oh, a huge hug. Good, give you a huge
1: hug. Cool. But so yes,
0: thank you so much for being here Now
1: you're going to run off and give some amazing life secrets to some CEOs of the big corporation <laughs> And so it's so awesome that you took your time off from all that jet setting to come to our little little podcast This is the but, best But uh, thanks so much, Catherine, and look forward to seeing you again That is good, good, good stuff mm-hmm. What a great woman uh, She I, is. I miss being neighbors with her I bet you know? Lucky It was wonderful So, well, now it's time for a mm. mom-to-mom moment
0: Yes And speaking of how amazing Katherine Lee is, during this episode, you heard her heart, you heard her talk about so many things that, as a parent, are so beneficial for our kids, habits we can adopt, waves of speaking. And so I would encourage you to pick one thing that really resonated with you and implement it, like, right away, because sometimes we hear all these great tips and, and we... We and we like them. We see how they can benefit our life, but then we just we don't really implement them. Part of it is sometimes it's overwhelming. Like we have all this stuff we want to do, and so we just don't do anything. So I would encourage you to pick one thing and just start implementing it today.
1: I like that. I like that. So well, that's the end of the show.
2: That was fun. Yeah, yeah. So great.
1: So, big thank you to Catherine Lee for mm-hmm. joining us. And if any of you want a. Um, more information on her, you can go to ultimatesource.tv. I've got her website pulled up, pulled up right now, and uh, and that's that amazing program that mm-hmm. you've done, right? Yes. And and uh, and we will have a link uh, to a discounted uh, rate for if any of you want to actually do this program, and it it, it can be life changing. It's really really great. So we will be back uh, next time, but for now I want your ho- no. I don't. That's not how I want to do it. I want to say for Matthew Sears and certified health coach Hayden and Catherine Lee, extraordinaire. I'm Dr. Jim Sears, and we will see you guys next time.